I, yeah. I I had to double check and make sure that you had that you hadn't already hit record, and I'm sitting here staring at my phone like a fucking goon. That's all good. I just did so you know you can't see that in audio. No, I I heard it. I heard it ding after I opened my dumb mouth. But um, yeah, welcome to the noise brigade. It's uh Tom and I again. So sorry for those of you who tune in here, Richie and Bink, or Danielle. Um, yeah, I try actually try to get her to to do something tonight, but she didn't want to. So just you and me again. Yeah, just the two of us. Actually, we had a pretty cool two off. Of us. Do, do, we make do. it if we try. Just, just the two, two of us. us, you and I. Um, that was terrible. Yeah, well, there goes five. all of our negative five listeners. Yeah. Um, but no, we had a cool conversation leading up uh, into hitting the record there. Um, and you know, we'll, I think we can do a nice deeper dive with uh, Richie and uh, you know uh, anyone else that wants to hop on. Um, but you know, just listening to bands that you really cherished back in your youth. You know, I I hopped on here. You were listening to Smashing Pumpkins, and um, because it was so you know drizzled out, if you will, I can't really tell you know what you're listening to. Um, and you just said, hey, "I'm listening to Smashing Pumpkins," so I just made the assumption that, oh yeah, you're listening to something new, which you weren't. And of course, I wouldn't be either. Uh, <laughs> but but, but, but but the pumpkins did release something relatively recently anyway so i think it's a fair ask right yeah um but that kind of a little quick conversation about some of these bands that you really liked and you know um you know maybe some of their later works or works with different band members because you know, people tend to come and go in bands just wasn't up to snuff or you still really liked it because you were such a fan of that band but it either didn't get the radio play or no one else has dug it. So I don't know. You you kind of mentioned uh, like Money Money Boston's, for example. Right. So obviously they hit they hit their big radio play. And what I, I'm not gonna lie, that's what got me into listening to them uh, was um, the impression that I get. And it was that you know um, that song that album really got people into or it was let's face it as the album, but. The impression that I get is a song that that really got radio play, and then their next album changed. It wasn't really horn driven. wasn't really um, wasn't really the the ska punk music that it had been for how many fucking albums prior, and it it was kind of more guitar driven and a little bit. Um, I don't want to say more mainstream, but it seemed like they kind of were trying to alter their their music a little bit, which is good. I mean, every band changes. Every band goes through changes, goes through phases. If they don't, they just die off or become a nostalgia act. Mm -hmm. That's just the, the fact of the matter. But the Boston's changed so drastically from what they had done previously to this album that, you know, it... it it's still got some songs on it that I like that I listen to, but it's not my favorite Boston album. And then yeah. they, they came out with another album after that. It was called Jackknife to a Swan. And again, some of the songs really hit and some of the songs were just not. And, and after that, like I didn't hear from them for a little bit. And then they started rounding back in the form with some later albums, but uh, before they unfortunately um, split up. But it, it's amazing how bands will do that, how they'll go through these transformations. Um, 
whooping off the top of your I, I have one that I really want to talk about, but I don't want to this to be a one-sided conversation. So I want you to go. No, no, no. I think it's great because you mentioned um, you know, with the boss tones, and I think that was everyone's gateway into them, was the impression that I get, particularly off of obviously that album, let's face it. Um, that was my gateway into them. And of course, you know, being when that came out for me, it was like, I want to see what I can get my hands on of everything they've already released. Right. So I was like really big into trying to find, you know, previous albums, no matter how hard it was to find. Um, Green Day is a perfect example for me. Um, Green Day came out, Dookie was huge, but really, I, and as much as I'm a fan as I was of that album, I know that was everyone's gateway for Green Day, basically. Um, I actually found myself more interested in their earlier stuff after I found the gateway in, in Dookie, if you will, um, to the subsequent album, which, you know, um, had, oh God, what was that? It was, uh, came out in 96. No, it wasn't Nimrod. Or, or, oh no, before it was Kerplunk. Kerplunk. No, 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 no. It was a uh, green day. It was the one that had, um, brain stew. Um, what was that album called though? Insomniac. Oh yeah, 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 fuck! I forgot Insomniac even came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I just couldn't remember the name of the album. But yeah, it came out after Dookie. It was, um, you know, before Nimrod and all that. But it was right, um, right. Brain Stew and Jaded and and all that. But that one for me was like such a, like I love that album. And I don't know if it was because it was Green Day to me transitioning from punk to like punk alternative to what I was getting really getting into at the time. It was a little heavier. Like to me, that was their. That was like coup de gras, like perfect Green Day for me. Then you know, get into Beyond. Like Nimrod was good, and then American Idiot. And get it. But you really get anything beyond that for me, and it's like, eh, I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> like to me, you might still be a band, but you stop ceasing to exist at a certain point because I'm just not interested. I like everything before, and so I don't know. It's see now, I was I was out with Nimrod, but. I was back in with American Idiot, and I'll still I'll still throw American Idiot on. And I think a lot of people were, because the way the American Idiot was was almost similar to how you had like they were targeting a certain audience, right? With that album, and they were targeting the same audience that fell in love with the Dookie album. That that to me, that's how that was. Yeah, you know, um, so you know. Um, the band that really sticks out to me, and not just because I'm staring at their debut album as we're talking about this, is Weezer. And the reason being, Weezer came out, the original album, the Blue Album, and the songs got the most, well, one of the songs got the most radio play, the Sweater Song. I fucking I can't stand that song. <laughs> like I liked it when it first came out. I was like, okay, all right, this is cool. This is different. And then, but now, like, I'll still sing along to it if it's on, but it is one of my absolute least favorite classic Weezer songs. Like, and it's the one that really broke them into the mainstream. Um, I prefer My Name is Jonas, I prefer um in the garage, only in dreams. Surf Wax America or Surf Wax fuck it, is it Surf Ma Surf Wax America Americana yeah so I think Surf Wax Americana Surf Wax right? America yeah Buddy America? Holly okay. Buddy Holly literally yeah literally every other song on this album I feel like it's perfect except for the fucking sweater song 
And I think, yeah, I think you're right on that one. And so then we go into Pinkerton. And I remember wanting Pinkerton and wanting Pinkerton and wanting Pinkerton and got it. Uh, when it came out, it was on sale. Um, I got it junior year of high school. I think I got it for my birthday that year. It was either my birthday or, or sometime in the beginning of the school year that year. Because um, I remember listening to it to try and fall asleep and listening to it to get up in the morning and, and whatever. Um, critically panned album. Like, absolutely destroyed them to the point where Rivers was like, fuck this, I don't think I want to make music anymore. And Weezer didn't make another album until 2000 that was 96 97 i think or 97 98 yeah, 97, 98. Uh, let's see um, i think it was 96 yeah it was either 96 or 97 mm, 96 all right so it was my so maybe it was my sophomore year or high school yeah it's a sophomore year of high school um so then they don't put out another album for five years after that Rivers goes away, goes to school, gets his degree, comes back, renewed, rejuvenated. They released the Green Album. And the Green Album was good. It was kind of a return to form to, to what they, kind of the sound that they had with uh, the Blue Album. And then they, then they released Maladroit, which was weird. And... Like I was one of the weird ones. I I thoroughly loved uh, Pinkerton, absolutely thoroughly loved it. When they started touring again, they refused to play anything from Pinkerton mm. because it hurt Rivers so bad that everyone shit on it. Um, but then they they've bounced back and forth between making albums that are more like classic Weezer and more poppy albums to the point where they went at one point and made an album. They made a song with. Um, fuck who was it i forget who the fuck but rivers is on a bob album singing with him on a song um that became a hit single and he's singing with um t pain or ja rule or somebody they make essentially what's a like a oh was, was it Lil john i don't know some rapper or whatever but they're making this music that completely does not fit them they're singing songs about the mall there was a song like I want to go to the mall or some shit like that. Like it sounded like a Robin Sparkles song. Right, um, right. There was some shit that was just complete bubblegum garbage, like that I just couldn't stand. And they've gone back and forth like that. And it's so weird. Like they can go back and forth and 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 most bands, once they start going in a certain direction, they stay that direction. This this band goes back and vacillates between making pop albums and normal albums. And it's like, all right, so I know that I'm going to like this half of their shit. This half of their shit I'm going to completely steer away from. But they even reference it in Back to the Shack from Everything Will Be All Right in the End. He's, he sings about, I, you know, basically the line is, um, I forgot that disco sucks. And he, it's a more, it's more of a rock-driven album, and it's just funny that like he, he'll acknowledge that they made shitty music, essentially, and like, and then during the pandemic they released four albums, or they, or they recorded four albums and released them recently as the seasons, 
and it's winter, winter, spring, summer, and fall. It's or in some sort of order, right? And, um, and all of the song, like some of the songs are really, really good. Some of them are fucking horrible, and it's just so weird. They're they're such a hit or miss, and sometimes I feel like it's on purpose, and sometimes I feel like it's like. I, I don't know. I really don't. So I think sometimes with a band like that, it's okay, we're Weezer, and nothing that we make is going to be bad. Yeah. You know, um, because I'm, I'm with you. Like, Blue Album, almost top to bottom is perfect for me. I was a big fan of Pinkerton as well. Um, you know, then, of course, like you said, they kind of fell off and went away and whatever. Uh, Green Album hit. It's cool. Got back into it. And then, yeah, I look, I... I've really not followed along, and mainly for that reason. Like, there's been nothing steady. Um, you know, that that's right in my wheelhouse for music, and it's just like, love Weezer, love the old stuff, but I, you know, the consistency, the fact that you, to me, I get it. The dabble in the pop stuff, yeah, it's fun, it's cool, it's whatever. But you start dabbling the pop stuff that is not what I like, then I'm not even gonna entertain it. Right. I hate to say that, but that's just because it's not my cup of tea. Right. Even with people that I like. Right. Well, and that's like I'm I tend to to veer into the pop music scene, which it's so weird because when I was younger, like and I think we're all to to a degree, I think we're all guilty of this. Like, no man, I like punk. Or no man, I like metal. And like refusing to admit that, listen, man, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC made some catchy ass fucking tunes. Okay. Right, right, right. I, I can admit that now. And shit, I think I have um I think I actually paid money on iTunes for Call Me Maybe by Carly Ray Jepsen. <laughs> it's a catchy fucking song. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, you know. Um, there I am definitely guilty of digging into some some pop music bullshit. Avril Levine, I bought Av Avril Levine's fucking debut album. It was fucking catchy and it was good, and I liked it, so fuck off. Um, the song Girlfriend by Avril Levine. Fuck it. I got that song, you know, um, mostly because at the time I really wanted her to be my girlfriend, but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's about the point. I was kind of trying to manifest with that one. Um, but there's, there's music that I like from every genre, but certain bands, I expect certain things and I don't necessarily want a pop song from Weezer. Now, if, if it's good, if they make it in, it's good. I'll listen to it, but I, I don't know. But most, most of the pop songs they've made have not been great. Right. Right. So, yeah, no, I th but I think this uh, is a nice precursor into a good conversation. We can dive into kind of more long form is are these bands that we've cherished, um, you know, uh, I could point blank saying right now, offspring is another one for me. Um, or absolutely love them. But again, it's like, it's funny. It's like the very similar thing with Green Day for me. Um, you know, the, the punk, very edgy, but kind of dabbling on the pop thing. And then just going all pop. Right. And then it's like, eh, but I understand it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. It's going to make your money, but not my thing. So I don't know. I think we can have a fun, like, long form conversation with some of these bands. To kind of say like you know hey these bands that we really really like and these albums that you know just hits for us misses for us 
it's for the general public, but we're like, yo, <laughs> I will listen to this one. Right. Like, I mean, let's let's look. We'll, we'll talk about the band um, that that, like you said, brought kind of brought us up is is Smashing Pumpkins. Where, and uh, and then I'll get into why we even were talking about this. Um, so, like you said, when I when I came on, we were listening to uh, Smashing Pumpkins. I was listening to Smashing Pumpkins, and it was Everlasting Gaze, which. I honestly don't even remember when that song came out. Um, but really, there were, I think, the last really good from top to bottom uh, Smashing Pumpkins album that came out was Melancholy. Because other than Everlasting Gaze, I can't tell you. First of all, I can't tell you what album that fucking came off of. That was on, uh, that came out uh, came out in 2000. That was on uh, Mahi. Ma Machina, Machina, I don't know how to say it. Machines Machina. of God. There we go. Yeah. Uh, came out in 2000. So is that the, do you have the track list there? I can pull it right up. Because I think that that's the same one that um, Perfect was on. So it came out February of 2000. Actually, you know, it's funny. It came out on Leap Year. So oh, shit. That's, uh, that's an interesting one. Pulling up the track list now. So we have a track list of Everlasting Gaze was the, the title track or the top track. Uh, what was the other song you were asking about? Uh, was it oh, fuck? Perfect. A, uh, Raindrops and Sun Showers, Stand Inside Your Love, Eye of the Morning. Okay, Stand Inside Your Love was a good one. Sacred uh, and the Profane, Try, 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 um, Heavy Metal Machine, This Time. The Imploding Voice, Glass and Ghost Children, Wound, Crying Shade of Mercury with Every Light, Blue Skies Bring Tears, and Age of Innocence. Okay. So two songs off that album that I that I can pick out that I know that I liked. Um, let me see. Eh, let me see which album um, Perfect was on. Let's see. So that was on... The album Adore. So let's see. What was on Adore? Adore came out in 98 and it was perfect. Um, Ava Adore, which I seem to remember. Yeah, that's a good but, one. Yeah. And then the rest are Shame, Annie Dog, Once Upon a Time, 17, Apples and Oranges, but they're spelled wrong, Blank Page. Crestfallen, For Martha, Tear, The Tale of Dusty and Pistol Pete, Pug, Behold the Nightmare, To Sheila, and Daphne Descends. The Tale of yeah. Dusty, that has to be a wrestling reference, right? <laughs> no, it's not spelled, it's not D-A-F-F-N-E-Y. No, 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 I said du Dusty. Oh, yeah, I would assume. <laughs> Who the fuck's Pistol Pete? Like Pete mm. Maravich? This guy, yes, I don't know. I don't know. Dusty Dusty Rhodes versus Pete Maravich. You heard it here first, kids. Um, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck they're going to pull that off, but uh, that that's even more amazing. Um, but again, two I can pick out two songs on that that I know and like, um, which is got, on some bands will get. But I've got to go back to the uh, the two thousand album, The Machines of God, the Machina, Machina. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is an interesting little tidbit here. As of January 20, apparently there was a big there was a big problem here. I'm going to read through this little tidbit here. So it says um, this was a, a note from July 15 or July 2015. 
Uh, they were talking about a reissue of that album. It said it was put on permanent hold due to legal troubles with the record label. Um, it says uh, Billy Corgan has uh, said they spent a lot of time on this and wants it to be uh, released. But the uh, legal issues need to be resolved first. So he goes on and on and on to say, well, like, will the reissue ever see the light of day? And it says, as of January of 2021, it's been reported that, that the album reworking is complete and that Corgan has stated that it will contain at least 80 songs. Fuck. So there you go. I don't know that that's how that, that's been updated. It was over a couple of years ago when that was made, but hmm. so there you go. And obviously, you know, Billy Corrigan is still the last remaining fucking member of the original lineup. Um, so let me ask you this. What was your, if you had to pick, if you thinking about the 90s, right? Okay. What would be your album? That kind of like when you think '90s, this is the first album in your head. Uh, Smash Offspring. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. Every mm-hmm. time. And only reason why is because I would love to lie to you and say you know some album by Nirvana. Right. Right. You know some album by you know the the, the Black Album by Metallica, or you know something by Rancid who I was in love with. Oh yeah, dude. Or you know the Beastie Boys, obviously my all time favorite. But if, if I if I'm being dead honest, it it always falls back to Smash by the Offspring. Came out in '94. Um, it was just hot all the way through. Um, so to me, that's quintessential, perfect. Like from what I fell in love with music musically, especially it's an Epitaph album too. Right. Before you know what I mean? Year, before I went so, label. Right. So what's you know what's not the love <laughs> right. see now and this has nothing to do with music but when i think of the 90s the album that always pops into my head is melancholy mm. and partially because of the title melancholy and the infinite sadness which is if you think of the 90s and and the gen x you know the pervasive themes of the 90s themselves i feel like that name perfectly encompasses everything about the 90s and then i remember at sam goody in the mall they had that giant fucking like cutout or whatever of the album for so fucking long up in the window and so i'll just i'll always remember like whenever i think like i've got it it's tied together when i think of that album i think of sam goody and i think of that big fucking album in the window so yeah no i i completely and and you know the one of the things that really you know i reminisce about that it's like in our generation anyway as far as buying albums it was like one of the first big like double yes albums you know yeah. what i mean so it's like that oh this thing has me yeah, you could put out a double album i thought you were a fucking genius like do you have two cds what is this right you know and it was oh, uh I was a sucker for double albums it didn't even matter if i liked the band it was a double album Oh fuck! And a double live album? Sign me the fuck up. Yeah, yep. But uh, no, I, I could go back, and that's that. I would say that's a top five for me, nineties, because um, I routinely go. I still do it now. A lot of those songs are always in my playlists. Um, you know, all of my playlists, really. I mean, I. What's not to love about that album? Right. 
Um, and, but, and like you said, rancid and out come the wolves. How the fuck do you? Yeah, it's hard for me to like not think of that one, but I I always will go back to Offspring on that one, and I I think because of a lot of different factors. I think for one, it like it hit the check mark for me at the time of it hit my what I was into. It was it was an epitaph album, and yeah, it may have been considered more poppy, but it was on the the, the punk label, so it was cool, you know. And right. it was getting a lot of radio play, and everyone was into it. So it was all all over Y100, and you know, I was getting all this really cool stuff. So it just had like this whole thing, and then like you would see these songs like interjected into other things. I remember, I can't remember what it was, but I, I remember something involving the uh, the Flyers, and there was some oh, Barsky. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. The yeah. um, the, he did a Flyers anthem, and it was um, you got to keep them separated. But they did it as uh, with the and then changed the lyrics to fit the flyers. Yeah, exactly. So and I just remember like it just hitting everything that was cool to me at the time. So because um, at the time there wasn't much loved about the Phillies. So, <laughs> but no, no, no. That that's about it. So no, well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a deep uh, deep dive on on those types of uh, bands if if that makes uh, any sense to anybody, but. Those bands that like we all kind of fell in love with, but maybe their whole catalog isn't. I can't say up to snuff. I think that's the wrong term. It's it's just diverse. Yeah, and maybe not in a way that we appreciate or that we enjoy. Not that we don't appreciate, you know, the creative process and, and what they're doing, but it just it's like they made some music for us and some music for other people. And granted, we're not exactly the target demo anymore for most bands. Um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know. Um, but hey, here's a good example. I think, you know, if we were talking to Bink, you know, he would be like everything that he loved about Dave Matthews, right? Right. Um, whereas I could be like, well, I'm going to pick this particular band. Like for me, everything Beastie Boys. And I have nothing wrong to say about it, although I do on certain things. Right, right, right. Um, but like, there's other bands that like we're talking about the ones that are like, you know, hey, they're good for an album or two. We really fell in love with them, and then it's like, I don't know, maybe yeah. it kind of fell off the wagon a little bit. <laughs> yeah. No, I know, I get it. Um, so what what made me even think um, one of the one of the little conversations we had between uh, coming on and then and recording, and I and I've been blowing you guys up on the fucking text about this, but. The Muppets Mayhem came out on Friday. Friday or Thursday? Thursday. When I got done work on Thursday night, Friday morning, I went home and watched three episodes. I woke up and I watched the rest. <laughs> um, ten episodes. Fucking fantastic. And the cameos in it are great. Billy Corgan being one of them, which is another reason why we started digging into the musical aspect of it. Um, I can't I can't say enough about it. The music is great. The musical uh, guests they had on were great. The music itself, they made me realize that I like a Joe Cocker song. Um, so that's pretty amazing in and of itself. Um, but there's, dude, it's it's really, really good. And Kevin Smith is in it. And Kevin Smith even takes shots at himself and Clerks 3. Um doesn't really during during Muppets. Yes. Oh, oh yeah, dude. That's what I'm telling you. You guys gotta fucking watch this shit. 
Richie, I think, is probably watching. He may not remember it because he's really sick. So that's why we didn't make fun of him for any Harley Quinn Smith stuff. Um, get better soon, bud. But, um, dude, it's fucking funny because he really does. He actually does dig on himself. He's like, yeah, you guys know me, right? From Clerks and Clerks 2 and Clerks 3. <laughs> and like, and he's just like, all right, maybe not that. But, the, like, he talks about how he's a shitty director and he's like, and he even he does a chasing Amy reference too, and the one the one uh, Doctor Teeth at one point goes, "Yep, there we go, Silent Bob coming in at the end, not talking the whole time." Then he has something pointed to say at the end. <laughs> nice. So nice. It, it's just really good. Like I, I highly recommend it. Um, it's going to make you feel feelings, so just be ready for that. Uh, I'm a huge Muppets fan. I love Dr. Teeth. Dr. Teeth is one of my favorite fucking characters. The whole electric mayhem. Like I actually, there's a t-shirt that I've had in my fucking like save for later box on Amazon for probably three or four years now. It's a Dr. Teeth and the electric mayhem shirt. And I just haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I might have to after this, but now I don't want to look like a poser. So, <laughs> we'll see. But I'm not, I, I can't say enough about it. I highly recommend it. Nice. Um, nice. But I had sent you something else that you you thought was interesting. Uh, I sent through text. What? <clears throat> yeah. Um, are, are we uh, we leading into the uh, the switch conversation here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so this is this actually goes back to uh, something that we've talked about previously on here, and you had made a good comment about how Nintendo, who's historically been, hey, we're releasing game X Y Z. On you know June, September, November, whatever, has historically done that throughout the year, as long as I can remember, through different you know releases or Nintendo Directs or there's a big article that hits somewhere. Then always a Nintendo related though. It's you know they, they always keep things close to the chest. They don't you know, but typically they 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 always at least have the roadmap nice out, um, and that's something that's been historically for them but you made the comment of said hey you know what after these releases of these big games like pikmin 4 i think there's a couple of other ones that you mentioned and we're talking about mid-year this year so we're talking july time frame there's really nothing on their roadmap so you had made that you know comment um within the last month or so on here and it's like you know what that's really interesting which led me to believe in my head like Something has got to be coming out for the holidays, but you know, who knows? And plus, we've already talked about it as well on here. The switch is on year six plus of release, so you have the floor. So, a couple interesting little tidbits have come to light that have uh, kind of tipped Nintendo's hand a bit. And I'm look, I'm like the dude talking about the guy on the grassy knoll at this point, you know. I, I I could be just seeing things where there's nothing to be seen. But there's a couple, there's three things that lead me to believe that we will be seeing a November release this year of either the Switch 2 or the Switch Pro. Thing number one, or clue number one, Sharp, who makes the screens for a lot of different things that are in your house, whether it's a TV or your phone or, or in this case, game systems 
had announced that they're because everybody's hold, holding their their shareholder meetings now and putting their roadmap out for the fiscal year to come. Nintendo didn't mention anything about a game system, an upcoming game system or anything on theirs. Sharp did. And Sharp on theirs said they are work they are working on a an LED screen or an LCD screen. It was either LCD or LED for an upcoming video game system. Okay? What video game systems have screens on them. Oh, the only one that I know of right now that hasn't been discontinued, by the way, <laughs> mm -hmm. is the Nintendo Switch. Right. Now, there is the rumor of the Sony streaming thing, whatever the fuck it's going to be. But well, won't they make their own screen for that? I don't know. Well, that's, that's my question is, I don't know if Sony sources their own screens or if they use um, LG or Sharp or, or Vizio or some outside company. I would imagine they make their own. I was going to say, like, now, that, 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 now again, I could be 100% completely wrong on this, but I would, if I'm Sony, I would only use my own component. Right. Well, but that's the thing. I didn't know. I, I don't know who sources everybody's stuff. So, like, I didn't know if Sony, for their TVs, sourced their own, or like, made their own oh, gotcha. screens. Right, or right, if, right. Like, for the, for... Something like that, I don't know if they would, if they would put in the, the effort to do that or if they would just source stuff from other people who are already making. So Right, yeah, because it might be cheaper right. to get, yeah, right. Yeah, right, something right. that's already worked on, been worked on and, and made that they could work around. Now, you'll, you'll probably likely have trouble finding these because it was on a slide. It was on their presentation. They wiped it. So they showed it during the meeting, and somehow it got out to the public. But when they posted their new, they went back and they revised it and wiped that out. But that was stated at their at their stockholder meeting. Okay. Now, number two, Nintendo is going to be at Gamescom in August. They haven't been at Gamescom since 2019. They have now, obviously. There are mitigating fact. There have been mitigating factors over the past few years. Right. This one may be the most flimsy of the three scenarios that I'm about to. <laughs> okay. So it's been mitigating circumstances, obviously. However, Nintendo has been very, very tight-lipped. And again, if we take that into conjunction with them stating that they won't need a very long run-up for the Switch successor which has been stated and the fact that really there there's no way that a company like Nintendo can rely solely on Pikmin 4 on <laughs> July 21st or July 23rd whatever day it is right and then DLC for Pokemon um Scarlet and Violet coming out in fall and that's not a viable business practice. Well, no, you were right. July 21 on Pikmin 4. And here's the thing. You made the perfect statement right there. You can't rely on your business being that release on Pikmin 4. Right. Regardless of the Pokemon DLC, here's the other conversation we're about to have, too, that's going to lead into this, is Tears of the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's going to be part of this conversation that we're you're, you're getting into 
but you you and you understand what I'm saying with that. So you know, it's it, it's all going to wrap nicely with a bow here. Mm -hmm. Pikmin Four is a. I'm sorry, but like you can. I don't know what the audience is on that one. Right. Um, it's not me. No. Um, but if you're going to say, you know what, hey, you know, I've got a new uh, Odyssey game. I've got a new whatever. Okay. We're, I'm sold. I'm, I'm good. You can carry me through the rest of your calendar year. Pikmin 4? No. Right. At now, all. Now, I will say that I have not read a thing about tears of the kingdom post launch because i don't want any spoilers i'm not gonna be able to pick it up for a while and i don't want any spoilers at all no so they, i have they not only, read anything so it yeah. has it had performance issues well here's the thing i'm only saying this strictly for the technical aspect of it that's the reason why i made that comment so the little bit that i've read is going to lead into credence of saying okay what you're about to get into. I'll say that. Okay. Makes sense? So, gotcha. So now, there is a game that has come out and done very, very well for Xbox Series systems and PS5. And initially, I believe it was announced for Xbox One, PS4, the PS5, the, the Xbox Series systems, and the Nintendo Switch. The Xbox Series version and the PS5 version came out in February. The PS4, Xbox One versions, and Switch versions were pushed back, and they were given an April release date. The Nintendo Switch version has been further pushed back. Mm. Now... We look at the systems that it's come out for, and they're all technically superior to the to the Nintendo Switch. When the release date was pushed back for the PS4 and, P and Xbox One and Switch initially, it was not given a release date, a solid date. Then, when the Switch port was pushed back again, it was not given a solid release date. It was pushed back to June. They've since pushed it back again. However, they now have a solid, firm release date of November 14th, 2023. So, so what's that, about six weeks before Christmas? Right. <laughs> and, then let's, and let's look at it this way, okay? This is a game... That is a triple-A title. It is one of the most important games from a... If you're looking at third-party titles, right? It's pretty fucking important that this game that has been selling and selling and selling and doing so well on competing systems, that it's, it's trying to make its way to your system and it's failing and failing and failing. And there's... It's pretty important to get this game to your consumers because, look, not everybody has a PS5 and a Switch or an Xbox and a Switch. There's going to be families that really want to play this game, but, like, I, I know someone at my work. They've got a Switch. 
they don't have a PS5 or an Xbox, and they don't want to put out the money for it. But they really want to play this game. So you're missing an entire segment of the market. All you got to do is bring it out. But if you can't, if you're having so much trouble making this game work on your system that it's already been pushed back twice, and now you're on your third time pushing this game back, delaying it, I'm not. If I'm in charge and I don't know that there's something on the horizon that's going to make the that's going to infinitely like ease the pain of getting this game onto the system. I'm not giving a solid release date. I'm not saying, oh yeah, it'll be out on this day, this month, this year. I'm saying it's going to be out in Q4 2023, right. meaning the holiday season to January, February, right? I'm not putting a solid release date on it because I'm not dealing with the blowback with the blowback and the fallout when I missed that release date because I couldn't get the technicals working. But they felt strongly enough about this game working on that hardware that they were able to put an actual label date on it, which they haven't done the entire time. So that tells me either A, you've got a crystal ball, or B, you know that a superior piece of hardware is coming out that can play Switch games that will also be able to play this game. Yeah. No, and um, let's see. Um, between now and until, let's see, November-ish, we're, we're talking a, a window where we see a Tears of the Kingdom release, a Pikmin 4 release, uh, Pokemon release, and, and... It's not even a game. It's it's DLC. The, right. Um and the reason why I made my comment about the Tears of the Kingdom, if you just, as as of right now, Google Tears of the Kingdom and the word performance, the top article that you get is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Runs rough, looks good for the Switch. So, so now, yeah. What I'm going to say is, do you remember when... Pokemon Legends Arceus came out. Arceus. Arceus. <laughs> Everyone shit all over it because of the performance issues. Mm -hmm. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out. Same deal. People shit on it because of the, the issues. I really, truly believe Nintendo thought they were going to have a pro system out prior to those games being released. And they just couldn't justify holding them because they occupied such marquee spots in their lineup going forward. And the same thing with Tears of the Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom has been pushed back, you know, so many times. They, they kind of had to shit or get off the pot. Right, right. They had to either say, hey, we're going to release it for the Switch as is, and it's going to run shitty, but you'll be okay because sometime in November it'll be coming out. Or they needed to hold on to it and say, all right, guys, surprise. And then actually say, we've got this system in the works. Tears of the Kingdom is pushed to a launch uh, title for that system. Whatever. As it stands, I think what they'll do is they'll probably put out Tears of the Kingdom Deluxe. Or Game of the Year Edition. Or some shit like that. With all, you know, chooched up and with whatever else. I could be wrong. 
um what what's more likely is that they'll they'll put out uh mario kart 8 deluxe deluxe <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding no um, kidding deluxe plus or i because my thing too is i wonder what they're gonna call the um i don't i don't i don't think they're gonna call the uh switch i don't think they're calling it the switch 2 or the switch pro i think they're probably gonna go with something stupid like they did with the 3ds the new 3ds it'll probably be like the the um switch deluxe ultra or yeah, I was gonna say, what's your yeah, what's your take on it? Because you know, based on you know the the the, the different you know uh, points that you just made, like, what do you think that they would actually call that? You know, their 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 potential to release it based on you know we're talking about a top tier game in Hogwarts Legacy. Um, we're talking about you know um, what I just you know what I've been talking about in Tears of the Kingdom. And and obviously that's one of their, you know, to me that's in the same vein as Odyssey and when I say uh, Super Mario Odyssey and, and Breath of the Wild, like that's that's it. I mean that's that's your that's your top of the food chain titles for that system, right? Um, you know, what do you what do you call that? The Switch Plus, Switch Royale. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I I think it'll be like. Super Switch, I no honestly I don't. Uh, Switch Pro <laughs> might be Switch Online Edition, <laughs> dude. I would lose my shit. <laughs> but I mean, the, the the good thing is we it's Nintendo and we know how they feel about online, so yeah, we don't want to worry about that too much. But no, I'm thinking it'll be Switch Plus, Switch Deluxe. I don't know that you can go Super Switch. Switch sixty four. <laughs> yeah, sixty four. Now, what's well? What are we? If we were to extrapolate the bit wars, like obviously we're not dealing with bits anymore. But if we were, what would we be at right now? Oh, uh, past the one twenty eight. So two fifty six. Uh, yeah. Five twelve. Five twelve. Ten twenty eight. Twenty. Uh, so, so we have about ten twenty four. Uh, GameCube, Wii, Wii U, Switch. So, the GameCube would have been the 128. The Switch or the Wii would have been the uh, 256. The Wii U would have been the um, 512. 512. So, so the 1024. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the Nintendo 1024. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, that's. Uh, I don't know what, what they call it though. I. I. think it's gonna. I think it's. Go well, maybe they don't use switch in the title, so that they don't fall in the same. It, it's got. Well, here. All right. Here's the thing. Whatever they call it. It's got to be backwards compatible, right? It's got to be backwards compatible. I would have to imagine. I could be wrong. But I would have to imagine it's got to be backwards compatible in some way, shape, or form. But what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to make do the naming convention so that they don't have the same issue they had with the Wii U. Because if you remember, people, some people didn't realize that the Wii U was a separate system. Some people thought it was an up, like a like a an upgrade. You bought the fucking little right. pad, 
And then that was that made your Wii better. So they're going to have to make sure the naming convention conveys what it is. And so it's got to be. I don't know. I really don't know what they can I don't do. Know, the, the other thing, too, is like you can't sit there and, you know, your, take your audience and just like push them off in the, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm only going for people that are going to buy this new, which is typically like, you know, video game folk. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you know, there are other segments of the video game population that are like, you know what? I haven't done Nintendo stuff in a while. Um, I picked up a Switch a couple of years ago. I uh, thought it was awesome. Uh, I got a handful of cool games. Like, you, you don't want to take those people and, like, put them out on an island. Like, you don't want to... You don't want and, 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 and unfortunately, Nintendo has a weird history of doing that at times. So it's like, you have to make sure that, like, this is completely backward compatible because the other two, you know, companies in the conversation right now, being Microsoft and Sony, are handling that in varying forms. It's like you have the perfect opportunity right now to keep that going, that backwards compatibility, because you're building that with your online services right now. Well, you know? and that's the thing. So Nintendo, once they got to the, the Wii, they were very smart in that the Wii had a GameCube built into it. So anybody who bought a Wii day one that had a GameCube automatically had a game library that they could play and all the peripherals worked for it too you could plug well as far as controllers and stuff you plug the controllers and the memory cards right into the top of the wii from the wii to the wii u if you had a wii your wii games are compatible with the wii u and then you got to the switch there was no way to make wii u or wii or gamecube or any disc based game any game that came before there's no way to make that Backwards right. compatible. Right. So, all right, now that you've made the jump back to cartridge, now you should stay backwards compatible. And it, they did that with the with the DS and the 3DS, you know, and they've done it with the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, all that stuff as well. And even when they moved to the DS, the DS had the Game Boy Advance slot in the bottom. Right. So they've they've shown that they're willing to do backwards compatibility when the, the hardware allows for it. And I would hope that that continues especially since they're one of the few who makes it basically every single game. Whereas Xbox, you know, not to, not to crap on them because they've done, they've done really well um, with the 360. you know, there were certain games that were backwards compatible. Uh, it was software emulation. Some of it was buggy as hell. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom two comes to mind. Um, and then when they got to the Xbox one, you know, 360 games, some were backwards compatible, and and then they added Xbox games back. So they, there's still games playable on, even right now, the Xbox Series X can play certain Xbox One, like original Xbox games. Right. Yes, the PlayStation. Every, I mean, I don't know if the PS, PS5, because I haven't tried it, but there was a point up to where you could play PS1 games on the PS2, on the PS3, I never tried it with the PS4. Was it backwards compatible with PS1? Mm, I don't think so. I could be wrong on that. I don't know. But there was there was a point where every single PlayStation game was playable, you know, 
or the original PlayStation was playable on the PS2, on the PS3 at least. Uh, um, PS, yeah, PS4 was the first one, so it's not capable of running anything older generation. Okay, yeah. so then, yeah, so Sony completely blacked out. In, unless I don't remember digital games, digital games you weren't able to play. Yeah, see, some you know, and here's the thing: like I still have Twist Metal Black, which is a PS2 title, installed on my PS5. Okay. Because it was released as a PS4 um, digital. Actually, it might have been released as a PS3 digital. I don't know. But, like, I bought it again for PS4 because it was, like, 5 10 bucks, whatever. And so I still have it installed to play as a... So, like, those... It's certain... I think it's certain software. Yeah, because I, I had, on my PS3, I had Twisted Metal Black and I had the new Twisted Metal that had come out, both digitally. And when I went to PS4 and and on, they weren't there. Yeah, Twisted so Metal Black, you can you can like you could still do in the store, so like that works. But like the new Twisted Metal, there the new they say the new one, the one that came out in like 2012, right? That is stops at PS3. So Ooh. so maybe I need to go onto my PS5 and into the store and see if I can download. But it wasn't in my collection when I tried. No, to yeah, it won't work for anything beyond PS3. No, Twisted Metal Black. Twisted Metal Black will, but Twisted the the, right, the right. newest. No, that's what I'm saying though. The PS on the PS5 when I went to the yeah yeah oh Black. I played Twisted Metal Black on my PS5 plenty of times. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe yeah, I'll yeah. have to check. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No digital only, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, I'll have to look at that because that would be nice to be able to have that again. Yeah, and maybe and and only maybe because I bought the PS4 version. That's probably why. That might be why. Yeah, yeah that's probably why. But um, but anyway, so looking at everything together that we have together, all the evidence, evidence I say in quotes, um, it just it looks a hell of a lot like this year we'll be seeing the successor to the Switch or a pro version, however you want to look at it. Now, hopefully. And and we'll see eventually. It comes with improved Joy Cons because that would be nice. I'm tired of replacing Joy Con joysticks, um, which I do. I need to order some because I'm I've got a set of Joy. Now have you have you have you re replaced those with the uh, the Dreamcast style? The Hall Effect. I want mm -hmm. to. Um, I got to look at the prices and everything. I'm, you know. But if it's not pro cost prohibitive, I'll give it a shot. Um, I've replaced, I mean, I used to replace N64 control sticks all the time, the, the analog sticks. So uh, this is a little bit smaller. I'd imagine it's going to be a little bit more of a pain in the ass with my sausage fingers. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it shouldn't shouldn't be too hard. Now, the Hall Effect, if, again, as long as it's not cost prohibitive, that would probably be the way to go. And then that way it's not, um, not replace them every six months or whatever yeah no kidding so but who knows who knows